Hey, everybody. Welcome to Weed Week. I'm Haley Fox. I'm Alex Hopper. So I guess first off, Alex, how was your 420? How'd you celebrate? Um, it was fun. I went to a um, some sort of a retreat, something in Malibu. It was like a, oh, nice. a festival of some kind in Malibu. It was very nice. That sounds awesome. At, at night or was it, did you get to catch the sunset? More or less. <laughs> the beautiful Malibu sunset. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was very nice. There was, you know, vendors and um, some barbecue and things like that. It was fun. What about you? Um, I had a super lazy 420, which I guess is also appropriate um, for stereotypes of the holiday. I I was out working during the day. I got to visit a few people who were celebrating, including um, this uh, bagel truck in L.A. known as the Yeasty Boys Bagels. And they have been big weed proponents. So I went to talk to them. They had a bagel special for the day. Oh, what was the special? Um, it was some like crazy mashup they were doing to celebrate uh, the Pineapple Express movie. You know that movie with James Franco and <laughs> Seth Rogen. So it was like half movie promotion, half um, uh, you know promotion for themselves. The bagel had all sorts of like, I think it had crushed up kettle chips on it and pineapple. And anyways, they sold out by the time I was there. So that was pretty much the extent of my day. Um, cool. And then yeah. Kicked it, kicked it at home and uh, rang it in watching some stoner movies. So anyways, um, we're back this week. And I think kind of one of the top news of the week is Facebook. So we know Facebook has been in the news a lot lately for a, making a lot of mistakes, basically, <laughs> um, to put it to put it mildly. Um, and now the cannabis industry is kind of taking them to task a bit as well. Um, Basically, Facebook released this 27-page guidance document recently that's supposed to outline um, how they handle unsavory online content like criminal activity and hate speech and stuff like that. Um, But actually, in a recent article on Leafly written by um, one of my editors there, he discusses that how although cannabis is now legal in half more than half of U.S. states, it's still treated by Facebook and categorized, um, you know, as illicit material. And so, for instance, you know, in this Facebook guidelines, um, weed is listed in the category of violence and criminal behavior. So it's it's created some kind of weird problems for cannabis businesses, you know, some who are still finding their Facebook accounts suddenly deactivated because they, you know, apparently violated terms of service. This is pretty weird because if you look at Instagram, especially like Instagram is covered with pictures of dank bud, and um, I feel so silly saying that. But, <laughs> uh, and uh, it came off pretty well. And and pipes and and things like that, but but you can't advertise. But we advertise on on Facebook. It, it's all pretty arbitrary. And so do a lot of the companies. Yeah. And that's why it seems, you know, one of the points that was brought up was that Facebook is kind of using algorithms. It's not like a person's actually sitting there going through and identifying what's offensive or not. It's looking for certain keywords or images. Um, And anyway, so this is going to be interesting, especially as more states legalize. And if we see possibilities for advertising, this is going to be something um, Facebook has to deal with. And Google, I haven't been able to advertise at all. Anyway. Oh, really? Yeah, I've had much more trouble Interesting. Okay. But anyway, um, so another thing is that a couple of years ago, one of the, the big things that got people interested in, in medical marijuana was a documentary by Sanjay Gupta of CNN, Dr. Sanjay Gupta of CNN, who made a documentary called Weed, 
and then I think there was Weed 2 and Weed 3 looking at some, some of the health benefits. And he's recently released Weed 4, um, <laughs> which he's calling Pot versus Pills. And it comes with an, an open letter to, to Attorney General Jeff Sessions saying that this could save lives in, in the opi- epidemic. Oh, cool. Okay, so it's going to address kind of what a lot of people have been talking about, which is how cannabis can basically um, possibly serve as an alternative for pills. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and he see, Dr. Gupta seems to see some, some merit in it. And even it, it wasn't clear that it was in response to Dr. Gupta's open letter or the, or the documentary, but Attorney General Sessions said that there may well be some benefit to medical marijuana which for him is a is a big move wow yeah that's huge where do you know like what context he said it in um i think it was in the context of allowing more medical marijuana research yeah that's that's a big that's a big deal and then the the last kind of news item we wanted to highlight this week um which you know has come up in la but is also something that's been done multiple other places. Um, so Los Angeles is now considering installing amnesty boxes at LAX airport, um, the international airport here, where people who brought weed accidentally, you know, forgot it was in their bag, or maybe they meant to bring it and then kind of freak out when they get to the airport and realize, um, you know, they're dealing with uh, the federal government and TSA. Um, they could drop it in these boxes without any sort of repercussion. So, Councilman Mitch Englander, um, I believe, who proposed the bill, said this would ensure that residents and visitors have a quote-unquote bummer-free experience while in L.A., which is basically the best way to describe it, That is, I think. And so the effort's still in its very early stages, um, but if passed, you know, L.A. would become, join the ranks kind of, of cities like Denver and Las Vegas, who already have these boxes, and as I understand it, have seen them used... um, relatively a lot i think as more and more people are buying it especially if you're going to one of these places as a visitor and enjoying the local cannabis and then heading home to your state where maybe it's not as kosher to have it um and you have to get rid of it at the airport do you know what they do with all the the weed they collect i don't and that's an idea for a great story or someone we should have on to talk about it because i was thinking like how do they ensure that the people who handle it just don't get to take it home well, maybe they for themselves? <laughs> or maybe that's a perk of the job. We will get back to you guys with that answer. Today's guest is Jennifer Lujan, Director of Social Impact at Ease, one of the larger delivery apps in California. She previously worked at Lyft, another company which has pursued similar programs, and we wanted to see how these ideas of corporate social responsibility translate to the marijuana industry, where they're very much at the forefront. So not many marijuana companies have a social impact director, so it's a chance to learn about how Ease thinks about its social responsibility in the industry and how, as they say, it can try to do well by doing good. Hi, Jennifer. It's Alex and Haley with Weed Week. How are you? Hi, how are you? Good. How are you guys? So can can you tell us a little bit about why Ease has a director of social impact and what some of the things your team is doing? Yeah. So we, um, as soon as I joined um, the team, 
Uh, we really looked at the industry of, okay, where can we make the largest positive impact? Um, we came to three areas of focus. One of them is patient support. The other one is economic empowerment. And the third one is community sustainability. So patient support, that's really looking at how are we supporting accessibility and affordability to patients? So supporting causes like compassionate care programs, veterans, um, how are we bringing more awareness and education around the opiate epidemic? Um, and the second one, economic empowerment, um, as we're starting to see, there's, um, and we've seen in other states, there's huge economic impacts. Um, and there's going to be many on um, the job creation front. And so what are we doing even on the social justice of that? How are we taking corrective measures uh, from the war on drugs? So supporting um, organizations like Hood Incubator um, that are really creating opportunities for uh, people of color who were negatively impacted by the war on drugs, events like expungement fairs, um, and cannabis job fairs. And then the third one, community sustainability, we've been working with a lot of our brand partners to really bring awareness to the causes that they care about most. Um, so many of our brand partners on the platform have been doing so much social good um, for a while now. And again, it's really sort of, you know, bringing awareness to that. There's a few partners um, that are on our platform. One of them, like Jetty Extracts, is a good example where they have a compassionate care program and we're looking at ways to um, best support them. What do you mean by a compassionate care program? So a compassionate care programs um, have traditionally been organizations, community-based organizations or community efforts on really providing cannabis, free cannabis or low-cost cannabis to patients in need. Um, so traditionally, you saw, even in the 90s, that really where it really started to ramp up is you saw, you know, community organizations giving free cannabis, and that was something that was definitely a need. Uh, you saw many different organizations, different dispensaries created their own programs, brands created their programs on how they could be able to bring. Uh, free cannabis to people who really need it. Um, and so we also, I wanted to circle back on one other thing you mentioned. Um, you know, uh, I'm actually familiar with the Hood Incubator. Um, uh, for people who don't know who are listening, they're a program based out of Oakland that um, kind of help uh, minority communities specifically um, get into the industry, either through providing job training or, um, you know, opportunities to open their own business. I'm curious at ease kind of um, what your relationship is with them and if you have similar relationships with maybe other other kind of more localized programs like that? Yes. So um, we started working with Hood Incubator late of last year um, and provided um, financial resources for them as one of their founding members of, their, of, of Hood Incubator. Um, and so we've been working them on many different ways outside of that. Uh, we actually have a volunteer program um, where we give volunteer time back to our employees um, to 
help organizations like Hood, Bank, Hood Incubator. Um, one of the interesting things um, with that is that we're really encouraging employees to use their skill set to help support folks going through the, the Hood Incubator program. So a good example is some of our employees have signed up to be mentors and using their skill set either as, you know, some of our attorneys might be able to look over um, their applications, might be able to assist in, in compliance of whatever business venture they're going into. Um, we even have uh, some engineers who are volunteering their time to help them create their website. So, um, so we've been really encouraging our employees to use their skill set to help um, folks going through the Hood Incubator Program. Um, another example of a nonprofit that we've been working with on the local level um, is with an organization called Success Centers SF, and they actually have been an organization that's been around uh, for many years. They started off really uh, as part of the Office of Economic and Workforce Development with the city of San Francisco and then separately became its own nonprofit to work with marginalized individuals on reentry, job training, um, workforce development programs um, throughout the Bay Area. So one of the things we've been doing with them, they have such a reach. They have about, they reach about seven to 8,000 clients across the Bay Area. Again, most of them are marginalized individuals. Many of them have passed cannabis convictions, um, which have affected them to, to be employable. Uh, so for us, we've been working with them on connecting them to our dispensary partners um, to become uh, drivers uh, for the dispensary partners on, on the Eve platform. Um, so that's one of the sort of more local programmatic ways that we've been working with nonprofits. And um, now we're expanding into LA and starting to work with more organizations in the LA area. You guys have gotten a lot of attention for, for raising a lot of money and, you know, expanding pretty ambitiously. Can, can you give us a sense of your your financial commitment to to this area, I guess you call it corporate social responsibility. Yeah, I mean we've um, you know we haven't right now we've made a commitment to provide a million dollars over three years to social equity just in the Bay Area, um, and right now we are looking at what the LA market is. We haven't made a commitment, but we know, I mean, we're committed to the LA area. We obviously know that that, you know, the LA market is huge. There's been, there's so many organizations um, and communities that have been negatively impacted. Um, so we're assessing that right now. Could you talk a little bit about, you know, um, uh, I know also prior to this, you worked um, for Lyft, for their Lyft for Good program, which also kind of combines this, you know, for-profit business with um, some public service kind of do, do-gooding do aspect. Um, programs like this and like Eases obviously also help the companies image. Um, I mean, they land you interviews. That's why we were interested, you know, to talk to you because this does seem like a pretty unique position. How do you think um, doing good in the community also helps ease as a business? Um, you know, and this is what was interesting is that I think just in general, like the 
cannabis industry is very unique than any other industry out there. So, um, yeah, you know, and I will even say, like, you know, I've been doing social responsibility for many years in different industries. Um, and one of the reasons I sort of stepped back from uh, for a little bit and kind of went to the other side of on more on the nonprofit side is because I was so inspired by how the cannabis industry was giving back right from the beginning. Um, and so I think, again, it's very unique to the industry. Ease wouldn't be able to do, or this, this dispensary partners, our brand partners would not be able to do what they do if we weren't part of this like framework and the social good component of it. Um, you know, we're starting to see that right now, you know, our, our, the people who pioneered their way um, to make sure that we could have a legal landscape for cannabis um, really is actually even went over and transitioned even over to our government. So we're starting to see some cities like San Francisco, Oakland, Sacramento, and LA really making this the forefront and a priority um, to do good from the beginning instead of it being like, Oh, this is, you know, like other industries more of let's, let's try to fix this later. Um, they're having these conversations now. So I think it's just like a natural organic fit that, you know, we can't, we wouldn't be able to operate if we, if we aren't doing this sort of social good from the beginning. Just to add to that though, I mean, I, I think maybe the, the San Francisco Bay Area is a, a, a bit of a special case. I, I lived in Colorado for a while, and their companies would have like a, an annual charity golf tournament or something like that. But it really wasn't built into their mission or, or their sort of core purpose, which is making money. And, and in Colorado, you know, I, I, think, I think they're they're doing okay. Do you see this as what Ease is doing as sort of an anomaly within the industry or do you think folks are going to follow you? Um, I don't think it's an anomaly. I think, you know, I mean, I've actually have talked to, um, you know, different community partners in Colorado and they actually are looking at California and really applauding California for, um, for starting this early and for like thinking about this now, like the social impacts of it, because, um, they're having to sort of step back and, and try to and try to figure out, okay, well, we didn't really think about this um, in the beginning. And so, you know, we, I, I, it's a good start for California. Um, and California, I think, is going to be, or it is, it's being looked at in many ways. It's a pilot state for many other states. Um, I can't tell you how many other states are constantly asking our team at ease, on, you know, how should we be doing this? Like, what should we be thinking about? You know, so th there's a lot of really positive intention, um, you know, around like how we're looking at compassionate care programs, how we're looking at the social equity. And so, yeah, I think, um, I think California is doing a great job. And I think that we're, we're a, a pilot state for others. 
And I mean, you're you're very right. You know, we've we talked a lot of them this um, podcast before about uh, social equity programs um, in California and the number of cities pushing these forwards. And like you said, there has been um, a lot of this kind of uh, inherent responsibility to the industry. Um, but obviously, we are still at a point where most of the industry um, is white and a lot of it is male. And obviously, diversifying that is a huge um, effort and issue. So I guess, how do you reconcile um, the kind of forward movement positive intentions with like actual kind of tangible change of how the industry is structured? I mean, do you think this is possible? Do you think it just takes more um, more and more companies taking on a dedicated responsibility? How do you actually translate this into results within the industry? You know, we're, we're starting to work with a few other organizations that are really making diversity a priority in the industry. Um, there's a couple of organizations, um, the National Diversity and Inclusion Cannabis Alliance is one of them, Women Above Ground. We're, we're working to really support those organizations. I'm constantly amazed of how many um, organizations are making this part of the, of, of the conversation early on. Even around women, I'm, I'm amazed of how many um, women are, are starting to really become part of the industry, and it's not looking um, like other industries. I, I worked in the tech industry before, and... Um, it's it's amazing of how fast and, and quickly we're we're becoming a more diverse place. Can you tell us a little more about how it's different from the tech industry? Yeah, you know, I I, I would say that early on, you know, again, it's it, you got into an industry that if you were working in the industry, if you're working in the industry right now, you you're probably a very passionate individual. You're willing to take risks, um, giving its federal status, and many people are really believers in in the plant benefit and, and what the benefits are of this plant, whether it's from a medicinal standpoint, whether it's from an economic standpoint. Um, you know, we'll, we see this across the industry in many different many different sides. So, saying that, um, again, I think it's just been part of the ethos. Um, very early of giving back the tech industry, you know, I think that there's part, many different companies that are doing social good. Um, but to come into this industry and I, I speak from experience being even on the nonprofit side, uh, for the cannabis industry, I was so inspired to see so many businesses wanting to give back from like day one, even before they're profitable, um, which was pretty amazing to me and being very humble about it. You know, they weren't, I, I can't tell you how many um, companies and businesses in the industry are actually really doing social good and they don't even talk about it. So it's not necessarily they're doing it because they're trying to get, they're trying to, you know, pat themselves on the back, but they're doing it because it was just really part of early on ethos of, of the industry and, you know, part of the DNA of the industry. On a slightly different topic, you, you grew up in, in El Paso, which is right on the border with, with Mexico and right across from, from Ciudad Juarez. Can you tell us a bit about how that affected your view of, of the war on drugs? That's an excellent question. Um, and it definitely did um, affect my view on the war on drugs. You know, growing up, it was very normal um 
quote unquote normal to see uh, friends or friends' parents as part of this illegal market. Um, you know, it was a very normal thing to have young men be approached by uh, folks from drug cartels to, you know, deliver or drive cannabis across the border. And so when you have these young men being approached and saying, hey, I will give you $100 if you just take this car from point A to point B, and it's literally, you know, it's like a 20-minute drive, um, these young men don't know exactly what the repercussions are. And $100 for them is a lot of money. And so it was a very, it, it happened all the time. And, um, you know, and then that really sort of set them into this industry of having to, to basically transport drugs um, or cannabis really at the time. And so today, you know, that's why I'm excited to be working in this industry and as part of a company that's building this system that really eliminates the need for all of that. You know, a system where young people can't be trapped can't be put into horrible situations. Um, we're definitely in a much better and sustainable place. Um, and I'm super uh, proud to be working here and I'm excited to be working in this industry. You know, now that we have California and, and states like New Mexico, you're starting to see a lot of that diminish um, in Texas and in El Paso. And so kind of with all this in mind and your distance now, I mean, moving forward, how do you think that ease um, and the, you know, industry at large should be assessed moving forward in terms of whether it's doing enough to meet its responsibility and whether it's doing enough, you know, to give back, I guess. And, and how do we as in general, you know, uh, consumers or residents um, hold these companies accountable? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's one of the like I said, it's one of the greatest parts of the of the cannabis industry that we're discussing these issues from the onset. You know, we're, we need to make sure that we're constantly providing the supportive framework to help foster these communities. Um, it's not just about the monetary support, but it's really about human capital. Um, so when we're looking at you know our community organizations, organizers, when we look at like how we're volunteering, how are we working to provide um, mentoring um, programs to make sure that as we transition underground cannabis entrepreneurs into this legal framework, that we're creating pathways for success um, and that we're helping, we're, we're giving that support. I think, you know, Understand, we're, we're understanding that this is a movement. We're all on the same side and we're trying to progress into a sustainable industry. Thank, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, that was our show for this week. As always, let us know what you think, what you want to know more about, maybe any suggestions of who you want to hear on the podcast. And um, you can email us questions, comments, doodles, hate mail at weedweeknews at gmail.com or hit us up on social media at weedweeknews and that email address is new our previous email address we were having some trouble with so if you sent an email to hello at weedweek.net please resend it to weedweeknews at gmail.com 
Yes, and we'd love to start getting some more um, kind of listener mail and really responding to what you guys want to hear. So you can find me on Twitter at EP Fox, like the animal. And I'm on Twitter at Alex Halperin. If you're feeling generous, hit us up on iTunes with a five-star review. I'm Alex Halperin. I'm Haley Fox. Our producer is Katie Long, and Alicia Byer wrote our theme music. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.